Hi everybody, uh, my name is Steph and I am here with Jess. Welcome to Trish Chat. Today we're going to talk about social class thinking. Uh, before we do that, we want to give a couple of announcements. So the first is that we've moved to a podcast format um, and this is in line with the feedback that we've received from our followers um, at our Instagram handle at Trish Chat. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, you can still catch our teaser video um, on Instagram at our handle. That's number one. Number two is uh, we are joined here by Denise. Um, Denise is going to be talking to us about social class thinking. And I, uh, I know Denise through one of my uh, best friends from college. Um, and Janice moved to the Bay Area shortly after Jess and I did. And we've been having a lot of conversations as we're all going through this uh, phase of being uncomfortable and being in a new area. Uh, we're, you know, all three of us are from the East Coast. Um, we are first generation and we are all in tech and so we share a lot of similarities and a couple of months ago we were at a Thai place in San Francisco talking just having our normal conversations and Janice actually brought up this idea of how our social class impacts the way that we think and so we wanted to unpack that a little bit more today so Janice is here in the house. Excited. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Our first guest. Our so first excited. guest. We have a new mic. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're moving, moving on up. We're moving on up. Doing things. Up in the world. <laughs> Before we dive in, we want to remind everybody that everything that you'll hear um, in this, I, I was going to say episode, but I'm going to say, I could say episode, yeah. but you know, I also want to say a podcast. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, so everything you'll hear in this episode is based on our personal experiences. So that said, let's start. So I have like, uh, Jess and I put together a list of questions. Um, so we may just infuse some of the conversation with that, but it is going to be a conversation. So we're just going to like speak. So cool. That works. What, um, Janice, like what social class would you say you like you grew up in? So I think there are a couple of ways to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Because you can think of social class as in, like, how much money your family has. Yeah. Um, but you can also think of social class in terms of what opportunities you had, what sort of resources you had access to. Yeah. Um, and for me, I also lived in this place where I was home. Yep. And that was one space with a certain kind of people. Yeah. Um, and then I was at school, which was a different space with different kinds of people. So social class is is very relative yeah. in that in that um, explanation. So I'll tackle it in in those ways. The first in how much money, I guess, what the definition of social class is in society, um, based on family income, um, we were considered lower class, mm -hmm. um, and I think the U.S. defines that as Family of three, I think it's like thirty or thirty-five thousand, um, two-parent households. Yeah. Um, and so I came from a family of five, one-parent household. Yeah. So just just for numbers to put that into perspective. Um, but I don't think growing up I felt that way, um, if that makes sense. So it was never like I felt that I didn't have everything I needed. Mm -hmm. um, we always had, if not enough, more than enough. Mm -hmm. It was never a question of, 
of will I have all of my meals today or will I have a roof over my head mm -hmm. or will I have clothes on my back? Mm -hmm. um, I think that we had gotten to a place where I could ask for too much of things. Um, and so that, to me, that definition of being lower class didn't really apply to how I felt. Mm -hmm. um, and coming from where I lived and where I grew up, it always seemed like we had more than everyone around us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we lived in a home that my mother owned, um, and it was a full house. It wasn't an apartment. Yeah. Um, we had a backyard. I mean, it was concrete, but it was still a yard. Yeah. Um, we had pets. We were going on vacation. Yeah. We were doing all of these things that, to me, wouldn't fit under that low-class definition. Yeah. Um, and now kind of moving outside of that space of home, I went to a private school yeah. starting in fifth grade. And that to me was that, that place where I guess I, I thought to myself like, wow, actually maybe class, my class is low class. Maybe... Mm -hmm. I am from somewhere where I have not what everyone else has. Um, and so, and of course, like, I didn't know these things when I was younger. Yeah. It's not, I don't know if y'all had this experience, but, like, we didn't just talk about oh, class. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was not a thing. Yeah. Um, it's not like, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, you know, like, let me talk about all these opportunities that I have. Um, but all of my siblings had gone through kind of this program where you go to schools outside of the neighborhood yeah. um, to have better access to education. Yeah. And most of them also went to private school. So we all kind of lived in this duality of our home lives and our school lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and the school that I went to, you know, one of the best private schools in Boston, yeah. super elite, not a lot of people like me. And it was not a lot of people that looked like me, not yeah. a lot of people from where I was from. Um, and I quickly learned that because in in fifth grade, you aren't wearing uniform. And so people come into school with all kinds of things, wearing all kinds of brands. Yeah. Um, and hard to believe, but in, I think I started in like 2007, 2008, my fifth grade peers were in head-to-toe Juicy Couture jumpsuits. Juicy Couture jumpsuits. My goodness. Head-to-toe. Yeah. And I didn't know what that even was. Yeah. Um, but when you're in middle school, it's like, well, I want to look like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, it was hard for me to understand why I couldn't have that. Yeah. Or why I didn't already have that. Yeah. Um, and clothes was one thing, but it was also kind of like what they did. Um, people were getting their nails done. Um, I had a friend who went to Hawaii every spring break. Yeah. Um, or their like winter homes, which to me was like. What I, is a winter home? Yeah, like there's just one home. <laughs> like where, what other homes? I, I, um, <laughs> I went to my mom. I, my mom and I. Now that I'm older, we, we kind of joke about this, but I was like, yeah, you know, they had summer homes and winter homes. She was like, yeah, your grandfather's house is your summer home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your aunt's house can be your winter home. And as a kid, you, you get angry yeah. by that. But it's true. You know, you can, you can find different homes if you want them. Yeah. Um, but kind of backtracking to, to answer your question, 
when I was in that space, um, I didn't necessarily feel lower class. It was more, I didn't have what everyone else had. And uh, I, now thinking about it, it's, it's, I feel some sort of guilt for it because I know that, that my mother tried so hard to continue to make me feel like I could have everything that everyone else had. Yeah. And so I would I would literally walk through the mall and drag her into like Hollister and Aww. Abercrombie and like beg for a shirt that was like on sale 25 bucks. Yeah. Branded with those brands. Oh my goodness, it had a bird, it had a moose. I live <laughs> All these animals that I probably had never seen before, right? Like, I've never yeah. seen a moose until yeah. the Dartmouth logo, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I didn't understand why that was such a big deal. I was like, well, everyone else has this, and it's on sale. Like, we yeah. should get it, too. And she would buy it for me and swipe her card and yeah. spend that 100 bucks. Because if you get one thing and, like, a pair of pants, it was $100. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so funny because my sister, she's older than me and she, she knew better, right? She kind yeah. of understood how things worked, but I was like 11, 12. I didn't know how these things worked. Yeah. And she's like, why do you like those stores? It doesn't even fit you. Yeah. Um, because of course the, the clothes from those stores, I remember it so clearly you would have to roll up the sleeve because the proportions were so off. They would do super long arms yeah. and like super long torsos, but that's not my body type at yeah. all. And so I'd have to roll the sleeves, tuck the bottom in, and she's like, it doesn't even fit you. It's not made for you. Why are you spending $30 on that? And I would then like get mad at her because she was stopping me from looking like everyone else. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, so, so I... It, that is so real. It's like... It was so it was so absurd. Yeah. But you're you're 10 and you're 11 and you're 12 and you want to look like everyone else and my skin wasn't the same, my hair wasn't the same, so it had to be close. Yeah, you're you know, to make everything else the same. Um Yeah, that's so real. Yeah. That's so I'm glad that you um talked about social class from those perspectives because I had never thought about it that way, but I definitely would agree and that when we think of social class in the way that it is purely defined, like I would feel, um, I, I, I would feel some sort of guilt like saying that because when you think about people who say like, I was like working class, like I came from working class or working poor and you're like, well, I didn't come from any class above that but at the same time, like I knew that I was going to get all of my meals. Mm -hmm. Like I knew that the rent was going to get paid. Yeah. I knew that like I would get clothes when like I would get clothes to go to like for the new school year like I knew all of that and there were people who grew up in those same classes who like I had people who went to Dartmouth who were like um I used to eat cup noodles like for breakfast lunch and dinner because that's what my mom could afford and like I didn't have that like mm -hmm. I ate my meals and like you know we had things um so I'm glad that you said that because I had never thought about it that way like I grew up with two parents yeah. um it was three of us uh, kids plus my parents um and you know we had all of our meals like my parents worked like low paying jobs um and but they did everything that they could to provide and like before the you know the first day of school every year like we would get mm -hmm. our new clothes and like we would you know like buy a new backpack we get a new backpack <laughs> or a new bag and all these things and I guess I would say that I never felt that I never felt worried about 
us not having things, but there was something in me that knew not to ask for too much mm. because I knew that there wasn't a yeah. ton to give too much. Yeah. Um, mm. And so, I, I don't know, it was, it was different for me in that way. And I didn't, you know, I, like coming from parents who were immigrants, you always felt like you had more than other people mm -hmm. because they came to this country, they sacrificed their careers, they sacrificed like being with family. They had these jobs that like, they didn't, they weren't necessarily happy in and they were like mistreated in, mm -hmm. but they kept them for the sake of like a better future for you. And so how can you complain? Like, how can you ask yeah. for more when they, they gave you the, like everything that they could, right? And you have other people from your family that stayed behind, yeah. that had like much worse, like had less, mm -hmm. right? Not necessarily worse, but had less. And so while you were like that working poor, that working class, like you still felt like, you were rich within that particular class because you had these like simple yeah. things. Right. And it wasn't until I went to college because every school that I went to had like kids that if they didn't go to school, they weren't going to have meals. They weren't going to have breakfast or lunch. Right. Or like kids that would wear, like when, when I went to schools that had uniforms, like some kids would towards the end of the year, like their stuff had holes in them because that's all their parents could afford is like one uniform shirt, one uniform pant. The, the shoes would have, have like holes in them and the kids would be coming to school in that. And so you felt super privileged to have that. Um, but when I went to college and it was like very white and, and privileged and people would talk about um, like their, their Christmas vacation or like their winter vacation and they were going to all these places and they had been to all these places. And I was like, I've only ever been to Dominican Republic to like visit family. <laughs> Like, I had been to Miami once on a layover, right? Like, that's, that's where I had been. But, like, my parents could afford to take us to Dominican Republic once every four years. And that's when we went. Like, yeah. but you had people who, like, went to these, like, schools that had class sizes that were, like, 10. Mm -hmm. 10 people. And, like, they went to boarding school. And, like, they would drop, like, $70 on a meal. And they'd be like, oh, my God, this is, like, city prices. Like, it's no big deal. But for some of us who like work two jobs to be able to have spending money in college, you, you quickly realize like the differences in what you had versus others had. So it's 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 very interesting that you put it that way because I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. yeah. I echo all of that. I mean yeah. I think you you mentioned the like feeling guilt when like wanting those clothes. I remember being young and going into these stores and it was always like sneakers. Like I was just a sneakerhead and I'd go in and I'm like, mom, please buy me these shoes. <laughs> like buy me these uptowns. Um, and like you could tell she just wanted me to be happy and yeah. like, she'd swipe her credit card, right? Like mm -hmm. I'd beg her and she'd do it. And it, at the time I didn't realize, but like I was putting this woman in debt, you know, like she was just trying to make me. So to give some context, it was me and a younger brother and my mom. I, grew up as a single mom and I think after that I started slowly realizing okay I need to be better about this like I was very aware of my mom's financial situation yeah. at a young age and I think knowing that helped me I don't know when it was where it just switched where I'm like I can't ask my mom for things like I gotta make these sneakers last yeah um, and so I've always I always held that guilt with me kind of growing up and so when I graduated I was like I gotta give back. Like I gotta pay, pay off all her debt because she's in debt because of her kids, mm -hmm, right? She yeah. just did everything from like the clothes on her back mm -hmm. to like 
little things like taking us out for pizza or to the movies just to get us out of the house. Like, yeah. you had mentioned this earlier, but my mom took us to the park all the time on Sundays. Oh, yeah, and, my like, mom took us to the park. She just, like, take us out, get us ice cream, get us, like, this foods that we wanted because she saw how much that made us happy. But little did I know that, like, she might not have had that money, yeah. you know? Right? And so I made sure that my duty was, like, how can I give back to my mom? It's like, all right. I got you on your credit cards when I graduate. And that's what yeah. I did. And, like, that made me feel really good. But it it really just, like, changes your perspective as you get older. Um, and to make this a little quicker, like, going into college, it's the same thing you, you both said. I'll never forget this. I walked into a store with my college friend, and we were, like, shopping a little bit. And I had picked something up, and I was like, ah, oh, I shouldn't buy this. Like, my credit card bill is high, and, like, I have to pay it. She literally stops me as I'm saying this, and she goes, wait, you pay your credit card? And I go, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, you, <laughs> you don't pay, pay yours. <laughs> you pay your credit card. She's yeah. like, oh, my dad pays my credit card. And I was like, girl, get out of here. <laughs> like, put this on your dad's credit card then. You know, and she was, she was just so shocked by that. And, like, I'll never forget that moment just walking out of there and thinking, like, I kind of knew this already. Like, I knew yeah. that I went to school with people that had way more privilege than I did. But those words just stuck with me. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, mm. or people who had, like, their parents buy their tickets for them to go home for the for breaks, and they would be like, yeah, so I guess I have to go home on this day because my parents bought me the tickets. And I'm like, wait, your parents took care of that for you, all those logistics and, like, paying? Because I, I did that myself. Like, that was yeah. something that I had to take care of. Um, and even, like, every year that I would leave, my mom would try and give me, like, 300 bucks mm. in cash. And, like, like, I felt so bad because I knew that – it wasn't like that $300 was just laying around, right. you know? Like, that $300 came from somewhere. Came from four purses, a couple right, envelopes. That came, right, that came, or that came from, like, her being able to pay, like, the rest of her credit card bill. Like, you know, all this other stuff. So, it wasn't that that money was, like, laying around. That money could have gone to other things. So, That's real. I think yeah. we'll see in our... The rest of the questions, how like that has developed the yeah. way we think. Well, let's talk about that. How do you yeah. think that that has impacted you, the way in which you grew up and in that social class? Hmm. I think for me, it has manifested in guilt. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yes. That's fucking real. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. Because you think about it, and you're like, damn, like. Well, for me personally, I've I've come to understand that I will never work a day in my life as hard as my mother has. Yep. Never. Yep. Not I like no matter how tired I am, no matter how sore I am, it will never be as hard. Yeah. And I'm already bringing in more than she ever will. That's real. That is so real. And that, and that's, I think I'm struggling so much with that because it's like, well, I don't deserve it, but I'm getting it. What am I doing with it? And it's not even just money. It's like, it's, it's lifestyle, right? It's, I can wake up as I can wake up not at the well. I wake up at the crack of dawn, but <laughs> for commuting that, that's, purposes, that's right? Problems, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for her, it's because she needs more time in her day, right? Because she needs to get everything done on yeah. time before everyone else starts to do everything they need to do. Um, I don't have to worry about 
you know, poor credit, for example, yeah. because I don't have to, like, she's the person that would sign on other people's cars because they asked and yeah. she felt like she had to. I don't need to worry about those things. It's just, it's, it's guilt. It's, I, sure, I got good grades and studied and got the internship and worked on the resume and got here, but that work is just not, I, I it's so different. It's not, yeah. I don't feel like I've worked as hard to get here. Um, and so it's guilt. It's, it's how do I come to terms with feeling like I don't deserve this end result or this like social class jump because I feel like I didn't work hard in the same way that she does and still still works yeah I, I agree with you because I you do feel the guilt of like you're able to if you don't like a job um it, I'm not saying it's easy but like you have more agency to be able to move about the 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 workforce uh like in a different way than like my parents yeah. would have yeah. um you have disposable income like i don't know that my parents had disposable income right like you and know they did it went to you right <laughs> i you know like you want to do all of these like things like oh i want to take this course i want to do that or i want to do this and i'm sure my parents wanted to do that but like you can't and I'm sure some people might be like, well, that's because they have kids and you don't. But even when, like, I have kids, I still am going to be able to do things that they didn't do, right? Like, I'm still going to be able to put my kids in an after-school program. Or I'm still going to be able to put them in music lessons. Yeah. Or I'm still going to be able to do all of these things that, like, my parents weren't able to do. I think about it all the time when, like, I'm like, I don't want to cook today. I'm just going to order food. But thinking about the fact that my mom had to make three meals every day all the time and, like, you know, when she did order, it was like, um, it was like from the, you know, like the Chinese food stores in New York because you could get like rice and like chicken yeah. and broccoli and like you could feed a family of five with that, right? Whereas like, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling the chicken wings and I'm feeling the shrimp and I'm feeling, let's just <laughs> order it all. Let's just order it all, right? And you know how expensive that is. It's here. expensive. Um, but I have that privilege. But then I also feel like it has impacted my mindset in terms of, pressure and feeling stuck like pressure of being like I did better than my parents because they set me up mm. to do better and so what am I doing to set up the next generation to do even better yeah. right so that pressure of like how are you gonna do even better but then it's also like feeling stuck because I want to build generational wealth like right. I want to buy a house but because of the fact that I'm already doing better than that generation I'm like, okay, I don't have a slush fund. So if I go in, I'm like, oh, I'm going to invest in all these stocks and like I lose that money, then I'm like, I'm stupid. Like, why did I do that? I could have done it in, a, in like a safer way. Or if I buy a house and that house depreciates in value, what am I going to do, right? Like if I, if, if I want to sell that house, but it's worth less than what I bought it for, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I lost money. I shouldn't have lost money. Like now I'm not setting up the next generation for that, right? Or just the even the idea of like being in debt, right? Because your parents went into debt for you, so you shouldn't be in debt, yeah. right? And some people can easily like, yeah, I'll go into debt with a mortgage for a mortgage. I'll go into debt for like a car loan. I'll go into debt for these things because it's a risk. But I'm like, I don't know how to take these big risks because I feel like there's like another generation on the line. It's not just like ten thousand dollars. It's not twenty thousand dollars. It is the future of another generation for me. Yeah. And I heard this saying 
It's like scared money don't make money. Mm. I have scared money. Like that's what I have. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned this. It's like we don't have those tools in our toolkit, mm. right? We were just taught to like survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, we don't know how to take risks because we don't have a safety net, right? So what we do is we're like, okay, like I know for us it's like really important to save because what do we fear ever having yeah. to like go through that? Yeah. And if you start saving and you had and you build that up, I know that this is what I go through. I've saved a lot of money over the years, you know, and I'm very, very good with my money as far as like keeping it in a central place and like I don't spend money on myself. That's another thing. Like that's affected me so much. I spend money on everybody else, but for mm-hmm. me, it's very hard. Like it's just taken me now in my yeah. late twenties where I'm like, No, take care of yourself, Jess. You work really hard. But with this money it's like okay, let me figure out how to buy a house. And then I take those steps. I, f- I find the people that I need to find. But then I'm like, what if it doesn't work out? Mm. And now there's all that fear. And now that, yeah. that just overpowers everything. And so I kind of, I'm like, all right, keep saving money, keep saving money. But it's not doing anything for yeah. us, right? It's like when you know what's on the other end, when you know the, the circumstances that could result in the, in the other end of that, it's, it's scary. So like if you grew up with parents that have like, an abundance of money and like you you possibilities were endless you don't know what that fear looks like but when you grow up and you see people or parents living paycheck to paycheck you know what that feels like and you know how miserable that is and you never want to go back there so even if you buy a house you're like what if there's a crack in the foundation what if there's a leak in the roof and it like I have to blow through my whole savings to fix that and now I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I don't want to go back to that yeah because my parents didn't do all this for me to go back to that, right? And I saw, like, I saw the, the sacrifices that they had to make. Yep. And I don't want to ha- I like, they, I shouldn't have to do that because they did that for me so that I wouldn't have to make these sacrifices. So it's so hard. You feel, I feel stuck. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And some people say, like, the thing is that you just have to take the risk. And I'm like, but I know what's on the other side of that risk. You're not taught that. How do you unlearn that? How do you unlearn not to take risks like that? Or to take risks? I don't have an answer to that. That's what I'm saying. We don't have those tools in our toolkit. And, you know, when people tell me that, I, I don't think they understand that it's 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 a mind shift. It's, it's so many fears that you grew up with that you have to unlearn. And, like, <laughs> you know how much you have to untap in order to do that? It's generational. Ooh, exactly. Yeah. You know how much therapy I have to go to to unlearn? <laughs> and that costs money. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think there are enough days in the year for, like, to unlearn that. But, you know, we have to try. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's rough. But, you know, the, the, the other question that I had in here was, like, how, um, like, how can we break that cycle? Hmm. I don't know that I have the answer to that yet, so I'm hoping to unpack some of that today. I think we're kind of doing it now in a sense like we're taking a step towards talking about it, right? Just being like, this came up in a conversation we had at dinner, and like, it really stuck with me. I was just like, oh my god, this is is a thing, you know? Going back to our other episodes about like imposter syndrome and like putting, putting names to things and just understanding that other people feel the same way you kind of feel like a little bit better in a weird way and so 
I think talking about it and like sharing experiences and like what has helped you take some steps forward towards like not thinking that way or unlearning certain things. Um, like I share with everyone like the bank accounts that I look at, like the Barclays savings account that my cousin put me on. And like I have about 18 people who have switched to that and they've seen such a good return on it and it's a savings account. And Barclays, if you're listening to this, <laughs> if you need any ambassadors, Jess can be one of them. I got you. Same with the Pixel 3. But, you know, <laughs> um, there's so many people that have got on that. And, you know, I opened up one for my mom. She doesn't have the password because I don't trust her. But <laughs> Listen, sometimes you got to do those things. You <laughs> it's because I love yeah. her. It's because I love her. And so I moved this money over yeah. and she's making all this interest on it. She has no idea. But it's like something so small with to someone else that... Yeah. This might not be important. It might not mean much. But to mm-hmm. me, I'm like, yo, I'm building a little slush fund so that maybe I could invest in some stocks or this will build up to buy a house or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, I think it's it's very interesting that you talk about, like, opening that account for your mom because I also think that that impacts the ways in which people think. It's you're not only managing your finances, but you're managing, like, a parent's mm-hmm. finances and, like, the dynamics that come into that and the responsibility but it's also, I mean, I don't, I don't have this issue because I don't talk to my parents. So um, it's, it's, it's people who, um, and I've, I've mentioned this at work. It's like no matter how much money that person makes, or the fact that they're at a tech company, and, and we all assume like, oh, you have to, like, you have a ton of disposable income. You could do whatever you want. And it's like you have your income that you're living with, but your income is also someone else's retirement fund, yep. right? right? And like thinking about what that means and how that impacts. Like the way that you think and the risks that you can take because you are literally someone's 401k, right? So you can't just be like, I'm going to quit my job to start a company, right? Because you're like, I need as, I need to accumulate as much money as possible because I need to make sure that like I can do better for the next generation, like that pressure. But that also like, you know, my, my parent or my parents don't have to struggle when they retire that I can help them. Right. It's and never enough. And it's not just a 401k, let's make that clear. It's the vacation fund. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The pay off your debt fund. Oh, yeah. And it's and just to be clear, it's not like, you know, it's not like my mom sat me down and was like, hey, like, I've been putting money into you for the past 20 right. years and I expect it back. Right. right? right. It's, it's not how it is, at least for me. It's more of like you feel that responsibility and that need to do so because you can and you're in a better position and you want it to you want to say like hey actually moving across the country leaving your home not seeing your best friends for 30 years like yeah. that was worth it here yeah. you go yeah, yeah. and yeah. you you know i think that when you watch your parents like do things that they don't necessarily want to do mm-hmm and make those sacrifices for others. Like, you don't get that when you're growing up, but then when you enter the workforce and you truly become an adult and you have the privilege of saying, like, I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to, or, like, I'm not happy in this job, so I'm going to leave it, you realize, like, all the trauma and the sacrifice that your parents went through. So you feel that it is your responsibility to, like, pull them out of that whenever you can. Right? So I agree with you. It's not like they're saying to you, like, listen, I'm giving you until 35, <laughs> and then I'm 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 gonna I'm quit. All. I'm quitting. I'm having exactly. my two weeks. I'm having my two weeks. No one's saying that, yeah. but it's more so that you see all those sacrifices, yeah. and you want to pull your parents out of that because they deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Those are all the questions, but we can keep talking. That's, that's just that's so real. I mean, I don't. 
you said something interesting. I don't think it was here, but um, about I guess we are the like we're still that generation. Like I think our kids are going to be that generation that kind of sets themselves free from this guilt. Mm-hmm. Like we we're still the ones sacrificing, right? Yeah. We talked a lot about guilt. We talked a lot about like not having tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like. <clears throat> What are we like? What is what is that generation? What does that generation look like? Like if we if we magically figure out how to unlearn all this stuff, is the next generation gonna have any? Is it gonna lag to their generation, or are they gonna be like, oh, we're good. We know how to take risks. We don't have to feel this guilt. Like we know how to invest in stocks and all that stuff. So hard because I see so many entitled people out here, just like throwing money like but also just in the ways that they interact with others and in the way like I see how people interact with like the cleaning staff the kitchen staff and a part of that does come from like if you've never had a parent who works in that you don't understand like the way that they're treated and like the like like how harsh that type of environment and how demoralizing that can be and I want, like, I want our kids to, I, I do want to set them free in that they don't feel this guilt. They can take risks, but I also want them to respect what came before them yeah. so that they could do this. I want them to have a, a deep respect and feel a, not a, a guilt or pressure, but a deep sense of responsibility to do better. Mm-hmm. Because even if it was five generations before mm-hmm. them, people did, like sacrificed a lot and went through trauma so that they can get to where they were. And I never want them to forget that I think it's gratitude I think it's because you don't want it to be guilt right because that's where we are I think you want it to be at a point of like gratitude and paying homage and saying you know I really appreciate what was done for me and I'm going to take it and I'm going to succeed but I'm not going to feel like wow I don't deserve it yeah. And that's what we need to figure out, like how to translate that. Because I, like you said, you're stuck. And it's kind of like this, I'd say like in between, right? Because mm-hmm. you have like your hand back because mm-hmm. you're still holding on to everything that you want to like deal with and support yeah. and struggle with and like pull up, right? Because you're yeah. hoping that like you're here and everyone else can come with you. But then you're also like kind of leaning like your foot is is in those other circles in front of you because you also want to climb that ladder yeah. and get to the point where your generations in front of you can be as comfortable as the people that you know we're surrounded by today. Yes. It's like you're playing in this in this uh, I don't even know what the word would be. But you it's Yeah, one foot in, one foot out. That's what it is. And it's the same with like identity. Right. When you come from like your parents come from like another country, right. different norms. It's like in a way, like you are assimilated to American culture, but you also are trying to keep like mm-hmm. those cultural roots that your parents planted. Janice, is there anything that you're currently I know this has been heavy on your mind <laughs> for a while. Is there anything that you have started to do or started to think about that like you think will help with changing not necessarily your mindset, but just helping with all these feelings. And maybe the answer is no, but um, curious. Anything you got? I know you mentioned that, like maybe there's people to speak to about this. Mm. Or, like, are you are you having more conversations about this with yeah. people? 
Um, and is that helpful for you? I think we definitely need to be having more conversations about it. And also just being honest about the experiences that we're having in this kind of in-between space. Yeah. Because what I find happening is that like when I talk to people from back home, be it family or friends, it's kind of like, wow, like you're in this place. You should be happy. You've mm -hmm. made it. Yeah. You're successful. And I haven't necessarily been honest about, well, actually, I feel kind of miserable. Like I feel a lot of guilt. Yeah. I feel a lot of frustration and a lot of like this this weight of responsibility, but I'm not communicating that back. Um, and that? so I think you don't you don't want to oh man you don't want to make it seem like it wasn't worth the sacrifice, right? Or that you're like ungrateful in any way. Right, exactly, because that's not at all how I want to come off. Yeah. yeah. And you don't want all of that hard work and sacrifice. Like every single person in my life has set me up to be where I am today. Like every single person. Yeah, yeah. It literally takes a village, right? Like from my mom to my siblings. Honestly, shout out to my sister who made me an authorized user on her credit card because now my credit is incredible. Like shout out. Every shout out. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> no, that is important. Like, Those are small steps it to is, take. Exactly. But like she had to learn all of those things and she obviously wasn't set up that way but she yeah. set me up that way um and so it's like talking about it giving people tools like we may not have a toolkit but we do have tools that can then become a toolkit for other people yeah. um and like i feel like i'm going through a midlife crisis at 23 but <laughs> it's fine <laughs> i'll grow i'll blossom yes um it'll Sometimes be fine it come early <laughs> yeah. And you're just aware of it, and I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it's probably, you know, being surrounded by, like, minds like yours, y'alls. Um, but also having lived in those double spaces for so long. Yeah. Like, Steph, like you mentioned, like, your first step into understanding social class and privilege was college, whereas I was kind of dropped into it at, like, the age of nine. Yeah. And so it's figuring out how do I take advantage and learn from both of these spaces? Because this this is a privilege, right? Being yeah. able to function in multiple spaces yeah. and be that liaison between like lower class and middle class or black and white or you know educated versus not. There are yeah. just so many things that I've had the privilege of being in that kind of in-between space mm -hmm. and learning how I then create that toolkit and help help turn that help turn that into like a, a bridge or yeah. however you connect to yeah. endpoints yeah um but it's hard it's hard because it's like well you want people to 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 succeed or you know to have more money or to have more vacations or to live where their son um and be able to afford you know yeah. california rent um but then again you don't want people to have to feel guilty or kind of stuck or be yeah. in spaces that aren't really safe spaces or feel comfortable. And yeah. it's like, if I'm not comfortable, if I'm not necessarily happy, is it worth that sacrifice? That's it, a deep-ass question. <laughs> it's, it's, it's obviously, if you can't tell from the ranting and the sighing, something that I'm struggling with. 
Um, but I don't, it's tough because you can't really make that decision for the people around you. But then it's like, you don't want to give them hope for them to come here and be, have a reality that isn't necessarily what they wanted it to be, right? Like you, you dream for something and then that, that dream isn't necessarily what you hoped it would be. Do you still go after that dream? Ooh. I need to journal about this. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, it's, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I, I mean, I, go ahead. I, I, I just always feel the pressure for the next generation. So I'm just saying you got to keep chugging along. <laughs> right. Like if I don't do it, then if I give up now, the, the next generation, the next generation to has to do it. But here's so, okay, this may be backtracking a little bit, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I, that I wish I had grown up in a different social class. I mean, I like, wouldn't either. I, I literally, like, like you said, like, I didn't really feel like I didn't have everything that I needed. And it was like, I did all of the sports programs. I did all of the arts programs. I went on vacation. It wasn't that I felt like I had a, a bad experience. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I could probably be fine if I took a couple steps back, um, and if I took a couple steps back and I'd be fine and I'd be happy and I'd have community and I'd have music from home and food yeah. from home and I wouldn't have to justify being in different spaces. Like, ooh, is it, oh, man, here I am. Here's, here's where I'm stuck. <laughs> I think you'll figure it out as you're like it's so important that you're asking yourself that question and at such a young age I think that that's amazing that you're asking mm -hmm. yourself that question because yeah. I think you are ahead of the curve at least compared to us I wasn't thinking about that at <laughs> yeah I was like <laughs> we're going tonight Steph was out there dancing on the bars <laughs> <laughs> we might have to cut that part out yeah, but... <laughs> we might have to cut that part out hey you were it's okay. That's true. You, you know what? I, I need to leave, live my authentic self. Yeah, and that was you, and that's that was okay. Me. That was me. I like dancing yeah. wherever. Absolutely. And but I think that you're right. And like having those conversations, I think will help maybe get you to an answer. But I also think people who have had it differently than us. We should be able to talk to them about that too, mm. right? And like. I'm a person who always wants to help, and I know not everyone's like that, but how can, like, you know, those groups, maybe people who are in upper class, help us? Are we friends with those people? Okay, I am all for integrating different perspectives. All right? <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> all for it. Love it. I am always in those spaces. I'm usually the one, you know, breaking that barrier, but all for it. I think what happens is when you're the other voice in the room and whatever it may be, if you're that person who's different in terms of class, yep. race, gender, um, sexual orientation, even religion, which yeah. is something that I, I would love to explore if you have a, you know, chat about that yeah. soon. Yes. Um, you then become this person that everyone kind of feels bad for mm. 
-hmm. And I hate that. I hate pity from people who think that I feel like I deserve it, if that makes sense. It's like I get in a most of my spaces are around. I've always been in spaces with people of higher social class, which I've gained so much from. Right. I learn how to gain access to, to resources and opportunities that I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. But it becomes like, a, oh, well, you are poor. And they don't really know how to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Right. And the conversation then becomes me talking. Yeah. And, and me saying all these things. And then they feel kind of like this guilt of, well, I had all of these things. And so it's this barrier comes up of, well we feel bad for you and we kind of feel guilty for this and those spaces then get just kind of awkward. Um, and so are they saying these things or are you picking, are you just like picking that up from feeling? Well, you get it from silence. Okay. You get it from questions, right? Yep. It yeah. kind of, it becomes that like a little head tilt as well. Oh yeah. Or what <laughs> it's always, I, I'm someone who like subtly drops things in. Yeah. So it's like, um taxes tax season just happened right yeah and if you paid tuition at school you have a certain document um i don't know what the form is called t1 something something and if you file that your refund is higher because you get money back from the money that you spent right yeah i didn't know these things um, I just learned that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Shout out to my mom for filing taxes and <laughs> teaching me these things. Your mom does everything. <laughs> yeah. okay, so we're gonna that. we're gonna have Shout her on here. Mom. <laughs> we're gonna have her on here. We um, uh, but it's it's it was interesting because it was like, well, I got a lot of money back for my tax returns, and I'm gonna put it in my savings. Friends would yeah. say. And I filed my taxes, and my tax return is half of what they got. Yeah. And it was a conversation of, well, I didn't pay for tuition. I came from a class where the college I went to was need-based, and so they covered tuition fully for me because yeah. I couldn't afford to even pay for it. Yeah. And so I don't have that form. I don't have yeah. that tax money back. Yeah. And it was like, a, oh. And then it becomes a, well my parents paid this much and it's like well they could I get it yeah it's a lot of money to be spending but they could yeah it, it I, I I hear what you're saying and I 100% agree where those conversations sometimes get shifted from like why are you trying to take hmm. right and it's kind of like you don't deserve it it's kind of oh well like my family had to work really hard for this so like why are you now trying to like, get these tips from me so that you can take when mm. my family had to learn how to do that. Like, why don't you just learn how to do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. Well, this has been great. <laughs> We're all, like, feeling, like, so heavy, and you're like, well, this has been great. Well, I, think it's, I think it's good that we're talking about, I mean, I don't want to get into another episode here, but just, like, I think our cultures don't know how to talk about these type of things and like yeah. feelings and emotions. And I think that, again, going back to what we we're saying, like our generation was a little bit better. And like we talk about the things that bother us. Yeah. And yeah. We have that privilege. Yeah. We have that privilege to do that. And so I think that we need to utilize that, that tool yeah. to 
help us get through. Yeah. Because suppressing that is not, not going to help anyone. Yeah. Woo. Well. <laughs> yeah. On that note, Janice, thank you so much for being on our first official podcast thanks yeah thanks, thanks for this <laughs> conversation like this was amazing listen this is a free therapy session because <laughs> it is hard to find a brown therapist in the bay area yeah, man. Ugh. struggleville so if um thank you all for listening uh if you have any comments or any thoughts uh or any therapist that you would recommend for <laughs> in the bay area in the bay area uh please head to our instagram channel uh the handle is trish.chat and follow us so that you can stay up to date on our content but also drop us some comments and some recommendations on some therapists for janice and also janice where can people find you if you want to be found i know you have like a private um IG. you know you can't really find me because <laughs> You're but i'm life. stay tuned stay tuned i'm working on you know something something okay. on my okay. own Okay. And if you follow at Trish.chat on Instagram, yeah. then you'll have access to that. But yes. Yes. So we'll make sure to follow that and update the fans. Yeah. Plug, yeah. not plug. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you both. Um, I guess thank until you. next time. Yeah. See ya. Later. Hey.